Hey everyone, I'm Renee Bennett. Consider me the girl next door, having conversations that will help challenge and shape your worldview in a culture that has turned our moral compass upside down and inside out. To chat with me further, come join me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. No topics are off limits. I'm really glad you're here. Now, on to today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 220, where we are going to talk about Kanye, Christianity, and culture. We really cannot go past uh, what is happening right now, where Christianity, um, probably more than I've ever seen it before, is starting to hit mainstream media. So we cannot let another week go by without talking about this. And there's a very good reason why Christianity is hitting the mainstream media, and it is certainly because Australians are beginning to realize that Christians are actually becoming the most discriminated group, and we are being targeted in the music industry, the sport industry, celebrities, uh, even in fashion. Now, it just seems shocking for me to even have to say But this is the conclusion that is being reached by mainstream news and media. You know, it's not just Christians saying, oh my gosh, you know, like, woe is us, we're being discriminated against. It's people that are not even Christians that are beginning to see it and are beginning to say it. And uh, so we're going to go through a bit of a dive through what's happening in Christianity and culture. And of course, Kanye um, is becoming a big part of this as well. So we're going to talk about him. Uh, But the most ironical thing is the people right now who are calling the loudest for tolerance and inclusivity are the very same people showing intolerance towards Christians. So what is it that's going on and what should we be doing about it? Now, a few weeks ago, I talked about the Manly Seven and how, uh, you know, them being the rugby team and how they were criticized for refusing to wear the pride jersey because of their religious beliefs. And if you remember, not only were they criticized, but they were made to sit out and then they were even asked not to come to the match because they had to be, uh, you know, the police thought that there was just going to be an uproar if they did. Now, before them, it was Israel Folau. So it's just been slowly ramping up. But now, like even the other day when I was uh, a couple of days ago when I was preparing for this and I looked on the news feed, one of the main articles was about what's happening with Christianity in Australia. It is becoming front and center and making headlines. So when people who are not Christians are beginning to speak up against what seems to be a war on Christianity, we know that something is going on. So Let's look at where Christianity is sitting uh, in culture, and I thought it would uh, the best place to start would be music. Now, I've spoken a couple of times about Demi Lovato here on the podcast. Um, I think I spoke about her mostly because she was changing her, she kept changing her gender and her pronouns. Now, if you know anything about Demi Lovato, she was a child star. She actually grew up in the church and became a star on, like they all do, on Disney. Uh, And now, of course, she's a singer-songwriter. But she's one of the latest celebrities to 
launch, um, I don't know if it's too strong a word to say to launch an attack on her own faith, but she certainly just uh, released this album that's really kind of like way beyond irreverent. Now, this album was released uh, just last month. Well, actually, what are we? Gosh, guys, we're in October. It was released on August the 19th, and I can't even say the title um, because it's got full-blown swear word in it, but her title of her album is called Holy F. Okay, but it's not the letter F. You know what I'm saying, Holy F. Beep. Now, if you look up, if you've got your phone with you right now, just Google the cover of Demi Lovato's uh, latest album. And the cover is a picture of her lying on a mattress, but the mattress is in the shape of a giant cross. And then she's laying on that giant cross wearing red. So of course, I don't know, this must be the devil, right? And she's bound up from head to toe in this black tape. Now, I did quite a bit of digging into, you know, what was she thinking? What's on this album? And apparently the album, according to her, it expresses her anger, her humor, don't know where the humor is, and lots of irreverence. That's That was her intention. She wanted to mix the sacred with the profane. And basically she was giving a middle finger to the faith that she grew up in. And she refers in some of her lyrics, she refers to herself as a sinner, a heathen, a serpent, and ungodly but heaven sent. Now, apparently, according to Demi Lovato, this is her presenting herself as a healed Demi. Very interesting. If this is the healed version, I would hate to see what the broken version of Demi is. Now, the album, she says, is a statement to a world that has wronged her. It's all about being a victim. And the title, by the way, she goes, the title is not like just meant to be a statement or a title, holy F. It's re- she's referring to her sh- to herself. She's like, that's me. I am a holy F which is like pretty mortifying. Um, She says that this album is about her reclaiming her power. And a lot of the lyrics in her songs are concepts straight from the Bible. So um, she's got one song that says, like a serpent in the garden, I am truth and I am darkness. I'm an angel. I'm a demon. Just depends on what you're feeling. Okay. So there you, that's, that's Demi Lovato. Now, at the same time, literally a month later, almost a month to the day, we have Sam Smith. Now, for those of you that know your music, you know that he won uh, years and years and years ago, became famous because he won, I don't know if it was The Voice or Idol or one of those shows. But uh, about a month later, exactly a month later, him and Kim Petras released an album and a song, both titled, again, here we go with the word holy, but this time, unholy. And again, if you look up the cover, the word unholy uh, has got a cross. The letter H has been turned into a cross. Now, interestingly, the album and the song unholy has tapped, topped the charts here in Australia. Now, the song is about a man who has an affair and his wife has no idea. And so according to Sam Smith, he goes, this is my time to really come out. This is my villain era. So like Demi, he's changed his pronouns. He says he's been at war with his gender identity. 
And so, you know, a part of this being at war again, who is at the butt of it? It is religion. It's Christianity. It's, uh, you know, again, the cross. So again, like Demi, his album, he says it's about reclaiming power. Now, interestingly, he also grew up uh, in... um, in a Catholic school. And although he said that he came out young and he was loved and he was accepted, he was still teased for his choices. And he knew that his life choices were not acceptable in the Catholic church. And so his album is, um, it's a little bit, it's really interesting. I actually really feel for him. Uh, he said that it's a look into his journey of faith. And so he's got songs titled him with a capital H referring to God and pray and, in his lyrics, despite his struggles, you can see him really trying to still call out to God. So it's a bit different to Demi. Um, it's not so much the anger with Sam, but still the the theme there is remaining of hurt and uh, searching um, and I guess trying to work out and reconcile this faith of his childhood. So I understand that, you know, with both Demi Lovato and Sam Smith, that they're in conflict, that they've been raised in a faith that, uh, you know, is in complete conflict with the secular entertainment industry that they now find themselves a part of. But what is present in their albums, despite their reasons, and I think their reasons both are very different for for putting out the albums that they have, but what is becoming a common narrative is this crucifying of Christianity. And they are both two powerful voices in culture, and both of them, their songs are trending on TikTok. So let's move to TikTok, another subject I talked about a few weeks ago. There is a TikTok influencer called Addison Ray. You might have heard of her. Now, she recently posted a photo of herself wearing a blasphemous bikini. So she had this really skimpy bikini on, and father and son were written across um, each sides of, of the top part, and the Holy Spirit was written on the front of the bottom. So Okay, so Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Now, interestingly on this one, she got so much backlash that she actually had to take the photograph down. So there were comments like, nah, this is disrespectful to Jesus. And even non-Christians were outraged and saying that this is disrespectful to religion and that the whole brand uh, was disrespecting Christianity. And so the brand, which was called Praying, Apparently, they were flooded with DMs to remove it. Okay, so that's kind of the entertainment industry. But what about what's happening here in Australia with sport? No doubt you've heard about this. It was all over the front news of the papers last week where uh, Andrew Thorburn, who used to be the CEO of the NAB Bank, was appointed as the CEO of the AFL club Essendon, which, by the way, he had been a follower and avid supporter of Essendon since he was a boy. Now, his appointment of CEO lasted all of 24 hours and because there was such heightened calls for his resignation, including from the Premier of Victoria, none other than Daniel Andrews. Why? Was it because of something terrible that he did? Was it because of some incompetency? 
No, the reason was Andrew Thorburn was also or is also chairman of the board of a group of churches called City on a Hill. Now, of course, like all churches, they believe marriage is between a man and a woman. They believe that abortion is wrong. And so the media found a sermon from someone within the church, not Andrew Thorburn, but somebody else 10 years ago on homosexuality, speak preaching against homosexuality. There was a media storm. Daniel Andrews came out and said that he should be stood down and that his views were of a bigoted homophobe and all Essendon players should be disappointed. That's the premier of Victoria. Now, Thorburn was so pressured, he resigned. He actually wrote a very good statement. I'd encourage you to read that. But the good news, guys, the good news is the backlash has become so strong. Uh, So the Catholic, the Anglican, and the Islam faiths have all come out finally together in unity in support of Thorburn and against Essendon. Even people who are not Christians are beginning to stand up. They're like, enough is enough. They're finally realizing, hey, this is discrimination. This is religious discrimination. And people are starting to say the same thing, that people should be able to hold their own personal religious views and not lose jobs over it. I mean, Thorburn himself has never been unkind. He's only ever been inclusive of all people. And he's very good at his job. And people are beginning to see uh, the left for who they truly are, intolerant. Now, you know what I'm saying when I mean the left. I don't want to keep having to explain myself, but I just put it out there. Uh, They're intolerant. They're exclusive. They're creating division. They're segregating. And articles are starting to come out in the mainstream, pointing out the hypocrisy and saying, enough is enough. Since when can we be sacked, not because of our job performance, but because of our personal views? You know, Thorburn's job performance and leadership had been nothing but exemplary. So there's just a few examples of where Christianity and anyone who believes in Christianity uh, is being questioned, discriminated against, crucified, music industry, the sporting industry. And this is the thing, the quieter that we stay or the quieter we have stayed in the past the more emboldened they are becoming. Because if we're going to just stay quiet about it, well, why not keep going? Now, why this attack on Christianity? Well, like one journalist noted, it's because Christianity has underpinned the very foundations of the Western world. But remember what the agenda is here to deconstruct the way that our society has been built. And if Christianity is woven into the very fabric of this society, then if you want to deconstruct the society, we must deconstruct Christianity. The other reason Christianity is being vilified more and more is because the views that we hold as Christians are in direct conflict and direct opposition with the views that have become uh, mainstream in the secular world. You know, things like there's no truth, live how you want, your identity is whatever you want it to be, you can choose your gender, marriage can be between anyone. So all of these views that are becoming a mainstream belief or the or the the 
beliefs that are being pushed and peddled as the acceptable ones are literally the extreme opposite to what Christianity stands for. But the war, interestingly, is not against all religions. It's specifically against Christianity. It's not the other religions they're going for, even if they have the same beliefs. Now, an example of this, the manly seven I talked about before who refused to wear the pride jersey, well, the same week or a couple of weeks before that, there was actually a Muslim Muslim woman player who also refused in the AFL women's team, refused to wear the pride jersey because of her religious beliefs. But she was Muslim, okay? So you didn't hear about this one, did you? We didn't hear about this woman. You have to go hunting and going into a deep dive to find the media report about this one. But yet the the Manly Seven, who did exactly the same thing, they were splashed across the front news. Whereas the Muslim woman, she was just quietly stood down for that match and nothing more was said. But like the radio host uh, Ben Fordham said this week, it's not very often that an issue unites so many faiths. And so he was referring to how the Catholics, the Anglicans, and the Muslims have all united to back Andrew Thorburn and to come out against Essendon. And so that's a good thing to finally see uh, people of all different um, beliefs uniting together and saying, hey, we got to stand up for one another here because we all have the right to have our own personal views without, you know, being vilified or criticized and put on the front use of the paper or losing our jobs. And then, of course, there's Kanye. So let's get into a bit of Kanye. Now, guys, I'm not backing him here, okay? I'm not giving my opinion on him. I mean, look, one minute he'll come up with something that I'm like, yeah, go Kanye, that's really awesome. And then the next minute he puts up an Instagram and I'm like, dude, what are you doing? So it's kind of like he's on a journey, okay? Let's just say he's on a journey. And while he is certainly controversial, he is also certainly, we can see, he's really sick and tired of the current shutdown and cancel culture. And it is sad that what they've tried to do with Kanye is they've tried to make him look like an absolute loony for some of his views, which really is the ultimate gaslighting. They have uh, used mental health. They've basically painted him as an absolute nut job so that people won't listen to him. But no matter what you might think of his views, he is right on one thing. And that is, and he's been really coming out hardcore lately saying this, we should all be free to have and express our own personal beliefs. And the reason that he says this is he understands the battles, the battle going on for the minds of the young people. He understands that there are a group who want us to say nothing, to be too scared to stand up for fear of being cancelled, for fear of looking like the freaky person. But we need to take a leaf out of Kanye's book. We have to stand up. It's time to stand up to the bullies. The time is gone where we can just say nothing and just hope that it disappears. Now, Kanye has created waves lately by, uh, you've probably seen this in the news, he wore a, uh, a t-shirt that he made um, with the slogan on it, White Lives Matter. Now, 
he wore this to the Paris Fashion Week and a couple of the models also wore this t-shirt. Now, in case you didn't know, in America, the whole Black Lives Matters movement saw the Black Lives Matters organization profiteer of the millions of dollars that were sent to them. So there's actually a documentary coming out really soon, exposing what really went on during that time and the real agenda. And so Kanye made his t-shirt, White Lives Matter, in response to that whole moment in history. So he wore it at the Paris Fashion uh, Week along with several other models. And he said that he wore it because, and I quote him, he goes, I wore it because they do quote unquote. In other words, they do matter. That's why I wore it. I just wore something that said the truth. And uh, he also says that the BLM organization and movement was a total scam. And so interestingly, guys, his t-shirt has been deemed hate speech, which kind of crazy, right? So if he wore a t-shirt that said Black Lives Matter, that's considered love and amazing and a good thing. But if you wear a t-shirt, a black man wears a t-shirt that says white lives matter, that's considered hate speech. And this is the kind of crazy stuff going on that he's like, enough is enough. Um, And there are other notable notable people. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Selah Marley. I love that name, Selah. It's actually biblical. It's a Hebrew name. Now, she is the granddaughter of Bob Marley, and she also wore the T-shirt, and she got backlash. Now, my podcast is not about the T-shirt, okay? I'm not going to pass an opinion about the White Lives T-shirt, but the point is, and I think Sila uh, Marley said it really well, and I want to quote what she said. Um, because she got massive backlash. All these people came out and said her grandfather would be so disappointed and she's a disgrace. But she's like, no. And she doubled down and she said, and I'll quote her, she goes, "Um, you guys do what the group tells you to do and you think what the group tells you to think. And that is so true. She is so right. That's called groupthink, where people aren't allowed to think for themselves and they actually don't. They just... Uh, do what the group says to do, think what the group uh, tells them to think. And then she goes on to say, um, witnessing someone, and obviously she's referring to Kanye, break free from the agenda sends you all into such a panic that you will do whatever it takes to force them back into the box that you feel they should exist in. Marley continued, the victim becomes the victimizer. You cannot bully me, manipulate me, or coax me into silence, nor will you bully me into being who you want me to be. I don't care how many tweets you make, DMs you send, or articles you write. Throughout all of the chaos, I have yet to speak on my experience. If you know me, you know that nothing I do is without deep thought and intention. Wait till you hear what I have to say. End of quote. I'm not quite sure what she's referring to there, but I cannot wait to hear what she has to say. But I like what Sila Marley has said, and I think we can apply that to everything that's going on right now, that, you know, we need to decide, hey, I've got my belief system, you've got your belief system, and guess what? All of us should be able to exist together um, you know, in, in peace and in love. And, and I love how she says, like, you can't bully me or manipulate me or coax me into silence. 
You can't bully me into being who you want me to be. And this is the thing. This is why people do get bullied into silence because they are scared of the tweets and the DMs and the articles and the and and the blowback that they might get. But she's like, but you know what? When when you don't care about those things, those things lose power over you. And then the the people bullying lose the power over you. And I agree with her. There is such chaos right now. Now, in a recent interview with Tucker Carlson, um, and you can go and listen to this interview that Kanye did, going back to Kanye with Tucker Carlson, when he sat down for the interview, he's got this t-shirt on with uh, an ultrasound of a baby on it. So of course, you know, Tucker Carlson straight away is like, okay, talk to us about this. Like, what have you got this t-shirt on for? And again, Kanye just came straight out with it. He didn't dance about and he goes, I'm wearing this t-shirt because I'm pro-life. And then he talks about all of the, um, the, the amount of, uh, with all the black deaths in America, uh, I think Kanye said in the interview that 50% were from abortion. And so he just came outright again. And, and he said, look, I'm not scared of saying these things because I perform for an audience of one and that's God. So I think, again, despite what you might think of Kanye, he said a couple of really good things um, that we can, I think, take away with us from this interview. And I love that he said that. He said, I perform for an audience of one, and that's God. And so he's not going to say things to please other celebrities or to please the masses. His only job is to please God. And I think that's a really good angle for us to come from, that everything that we say, everything that we do, we shouldn't be worried about the blowback. The only thing we should be worried about is um, what God thinks and what God would say. He also said, Kanye also said that God builds warriors in different ways and that we are born for such a time as this and we have God on our side. I love that. And so he's um, obviously definitely on a journey with God, but I really love that his view is, you know, we're born right now for such a time as this. God's on our side, so let's stand up. He also spoke of how he was bullied into not being able to say what he believed in public by Hollywood. So love Kanye or don't, I think he's got some really good points here that bullies need to be called out. It is wrong to be told what we can and cannot wear. It is wrong to be told what we can and cannot say. It is wrong to be told what we can and cannot believe. And it's wrong to be told what we can and cannot think. And it is certainly wrong to be made to resign from a job because of your personal views, especially when you personally, and I'm talking about Andrew Thorburn, have done absolutely nothing wrong. He did nothing wrong. In fact, Ben Fordham said that he'd actually been very supportive of the gay community, that he'd been incredibly inclusive in his previous job. So he personally has, has been inclusive, has been loving. It is simply because of the church that he belonged to that he was made to give up his life lifelong dream of, um, well, I don't know if it was a lifelong dream, but anyway, he'd followed Essendon his whole life. So, um, yeah, so it's time that, you know, when I think about going back to TikTok, when I was talking about, uh, about that girl wearing that, the bikini and, and how, um, Sam Smith's song and uh, Demi Lovato's album, how it's just going viral on TikTok, you know, 
this stuff is only going to keep going because TikTok is shaping the worldview of most of the young people. So they're being indoctrinated with these views. And if we don't stand up and say something and fight this, then in one more generation, they won't have to keep going because religious views just won't exist. Everyone will be too scared to have them. And this is the thing, even if you're listening and you are not a Christian, you don't have a Christian worldview, then all of us, including you, should be highly concerned because it might be us that they're coming for today, but I promise you, it'll be you that they come for next because what other views and beliefs will they deem unacceptable? And if you think that's too far-fetched, well, it seemed too far-fetched not so long ago uh, at the, for the thought of being sacked as a CEO of a sports club for being part of a church. But this is the thing that we have to remember. Guys, we are not alone. We need to stand united like the Catholic, Muslim and Anglican churches have just done. And even those with no faith at all are uniting with us. We have to stand up to the bullies and remember that we are only pleasing an audience of one, and that is God. And God is indeed creating warriors. Thank God that he is in control. And I can see that he is rallying together people with courage, people with guts enough to say, no, enough is enough, like the Catholic Archbishop of Melbourne, like he just did to Essendon. And he came on the radio, he called up the radio, and he said that he can no longer support Essendon because this situation concerns him greatly. And then his courage gave courage to the Anglican leader, which gave courage to the Muslim leader. And then several journalists came out and they all said that Essendon was wrong and that Dan Andrews was wrong. So I will be very interested to wait and to watch and see what happens in that space. Someone None of us should be discriminated against for their religious views. So I thought I'd just finish off with something that I thought was quite encouraging from uh, Martin Isles, who's the head of the ACL, the Australian Christian Lobby. Um, He put out a post about this as well. And he asked the question, you know, why are they being so militant? Um, you know, so militant against Christians. And he, he said that the reason is, is because truth convicts. And because the truth convicts, that it must be suppressed totally. Uh, and then he quoted a scripture, Romans 1 verse 18, uh, which says, they suppress the truth in unrighteousness, which is literally what's happening right now. And so he says, look, it makes perfect sense where we've ended up. Uh, But Jesus would tell us not to despair, but to rejoice at the rewards that lie ahead, because according to Matthew 5 verse 12, um, there are rewards for those um, who who live faithfully in days like this. And he would tell us, you know, God's message to us is to keep going on being the light of the world. That's what our church is called public church for. It's based on Matthew 5 about we're going public with this as public on a city and on a hill. And then it goes on to talk about letting your light shine. This is the time, guys, for us to keep letting our light shine brighter than it ever has um, and not to allow it to be hidden away just for the fear of this culture. We must not fear 
this culture. And that doesn't mean that we have to be nasty or critical or negative about it. Like we don't have to be critical of Demi Lovato or Sam Smith or or the Essendon Club, or we don't have to be critical of people. What we do need to do is stand up for what we believe and know what we stand for. And then we just got to trust God that he will take care of the rest, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I'm telling you, it's going to be a mixture of all three. And then Martin Isles finishes off with these days will make us or break us. So he says, brace for impact and get ready to be made. And so I know, um, I hope that gives you a little bit of courage today. Uh, I love that how he ended that brace for impact and get ready to be made because these days, if they don't break you, they certainly are going to make you. So it's a really good idea to, you know, keep on top of what's going on. I know lately I've had quite a few people say to me, oh, I don't know, you know, I don't know what's happening at the moment in the news or in in culture because I've literally had to turn everything off. I think people found the last two years a lot to handle and, um, and a lot of people just can't handle seeing all of the chaos right now. And that's okay too. That's okay. And a good idea to give yourself a break. Uh, And I guess that's probably where this podcast is good because you get the little snippets from me, but you get the encouragement as well. And so I want you to feel encouraged today that you are not alone and that no matter what it is that you believe, um, that all of us here in Australia should be completely free to hold our belief system and to be allowed to hold our belief system and uh, not to be criticized, vilified or cancelled, um, but these, our belief system, we should be accepted, we should be loved and we should be respected just like we should give respect to other people. So there you go. Kanye, Christianity and culture, that is where we are at. Guys, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you again for all the beautiful reviews that you guys are writing on Apple. I appreciate that so much. Thank you for sharing, subscribing, liking, etc., etc., and for also coming in and chatting with me on my DMs. Guys, I love you. Have a great week, and I will see you on Friday for Parenthood. Until then, bye.